Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me today on the Divine Messages podcast. My name is Karina, and I am a psychic medium out of Calgary, Alberta. Today on the podcast, I have one of my very special students coming on with me. Our meeting was divinely orchestrated, and I just know that we are meant to be in each other's lives. So everyone, please help me welcome Sarah to the podcast. Sarah, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you, Karina? I'm really great. I am so happy, so, so happy that you're on here with me today. This is something that we've talked about for quite some time, and it's finally happening. So I'm thrilled. Yeah, me too. I'm just like beaming over here all of a sudden. I'm suddenly excited when I was so nervous. (laughs) I love that. And I said to you, look, nothing to be nervous about. It was just me and we're having a conversation and that's it, right? Which I love. So I want to take everybody back in time. I do that a lot with the guests that come on. I would love to share with everybody how you were guided to come have a session with me and where your life went from there, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it started a year and a half ago. Actually, it was April 2021. And I had, I guess I'll give a little background, but I I have struggled for much of my life, like with the pretty severe eating disorder and um, just ways of coping with trauma and things like that. But I also have always been very close to I guess, spiritual things and intuition and guidance. And um, so even though I had struggled with those things and that kind of took away a lot of my, I guess, light or um, dimmed my gifts that I was really seeking answers and relief. And so I had a couple experiences where as I was more open to my healing process at that time, then things just started to crack open. And as I kind of opened up myself to that healing, a lot of my spiritual gifts, psychic gifts, those things just started bursting, flooding open and, and coming up. And so I got really overwhelmed and almost scared and Mm -hmm. actually ended up, you know, getting worse in the eating disorder because of that. But in and through all of that, I started to like search on my podcast, like Apple podcast search um, for like podcast about spirit guides or angel numbers or intuition, or like, I didn't really know much about it, but I knew that those things were in my life. Like I, like the number three, 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 I would see since my grandma passed away like 10 years ago. And I just knew it was significant or I started to find quarters and dimes on the road when I was running. So I was like, okay, there's something going on here and I'm being guided and getting messages. So that essentially how I found you is your podcast, of course. So I love that. That's not in your hands. It's not in my hands. It's someone up above who intervened and said, this is the person I think that can help. And I mean, I sometimes find that even like and I, I, when I say that to you, I don't even mean it in an egotistical way whatsoever. It's, I believe that that's the purpose that I've been given is to just channel. It's not me. It is just as soon as I open up a floodgate, those words that come out of my mouth are not my own. They are yeah. divinely guided. And I think they sent you to me because I was going to be that channel for you. Oh, yeah, I know. I absolutely agree. And I mean, divine messages, everything, everything about this and my life and the connection with you is divine. And 
yeah, I started listening to every single podcast and was on a, a plane ride one evening. And it just was the most bizarre, strangest feeling of like, I know you and, and <laughs> your story is my story. And everything you shared about yourself and your childhood and things, I was like, whoa, that's me. Like, I didn't know there was other people like this. And I think you are definitely placed in my life to give me hope and show me that like, I'm not alone in this, that so many of us have these gifts or these awakenings and things like that. So I love that. And I think from there, that's when you reached out and we did a phone session first, I think, if I'm correct. Yes. So yeah, it actually, after listening to your podcast, I'd got, I think I got through all of them at that time. And I was like, I need to find someone like a medium or someone that has these abilities. And so at first I reached out, was looking locally and typing in like, okay, can I find anyone I can go to around here? And no one felt right. Nothing felt like it resonated or was the right person and path for me. And so that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to find her. And so yeah, I reached out towards the end of April, just a couple of weeks after things started breaking open. And that's when we had, I think it was even just a 30 minute phone session. Cause I wanted to, you know, test it out and see and yeah. kind of get an idea. And I'm sure that's normal for a lot of people to do who are wary at first, but yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and then from there, I'm, I'm trying to even remember because it was just like, so, um, everything happened so fast, I would say between us, it was like, we went from that session to, I think another 60 minute, maybe on the phone as well. And then a FaceTime after that. Yes. Yeah. I did the Reiki and reading like combo. I think it was like a 90 minute. That was the very beginning of June. So yeah, I think like our first session, I was like, okay, I'm not done here. And then, um, Oh yeah. I remember it was, I started, things started to get really bad, like with the eating disorder and to the point of, I needed to be in the hospital and, um, wasn't eating and, and things like that. And I, but I just couldn't, I couldn't like get better or fix it, even though I was desperate for healing. And I was like, no, I, this is the answer. Like, or, you know, Karina already like channeled all of the things I need to know. So I just need to do it. But, um, obviously it, it takes more than just knowing the answers. So yeah, that's when I did the Reiki and reading with you because yeah, my body was just sick and I was like, I need to get this. There's something yucky inside of me. I guess it was like, and, and come to realize, you know, um, I guess trauma and the eating disorder and the things that were blocking my ability to release that. So yeah. Well, I definitely will not ever forget that session because we were doing it on FaceTime. And I asked you at one point, like, I think I did the reading first and I was like, okay, something just felt off to me. And then you, I asked you to lay down and again, you can do Reiki via zoom or FaceTime or anything online. And I can even do it on the phone, but yeah. that day I asked you to lay down. So I'm looking at you and you were laying down on the ground and I started to work on you. And I just remember you like convulsing. I was like, yeah. what is happening? So then I went down to your stomach and I was like, and at this point, I don't think I was aware of how severe the eating disorder was. So I got to your stomach and I just remember saying, oh my gosh, you're completely empty. There's nothing in there. I And I started to feel really sick myself. 
And that's when I was like, look, and I'm very blunt, you know, as you've worked yeah, a few times. Which I appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really direct. I don't sugarcoat anything. I tell you not necessarily what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. And that day I said, look, Sarah, you need to go get help. Like I can only do so much. I actually feel you're really not okay. And I was being honest. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I was really scared when I actually tapped into your energy and went into your auric field. I was like, your life force energy is so low. And I was yeah. scared. It shook me even after doing that session, which obviously I've never discussed with you, but I, it really shook me because I sat there and I don't know if I've ever been so scared for somebody that I've worked on like hands-on, like with this, oh my goodness, that connection of energies. Yeah. And I was, I was so scared with what I was seeing and yeah. how low your life force was that I thought I have to say something. I can't just leave this. Like, and that's when I pretty much almost begged you in a sense, like, <laughs> please, please go yeah. seek help today. Please go seek help. Like, yeah. And then I'll let you go from there. But after our session, that's what I was thinking was, please, God, let her go get help because this was what I was seeing was not okay. Well, yeah. And I remember that actually, I, I knew that you were, you know, blunt and honest and I actually appreciated and needed that in my life. Yeah. I remember, I'll never forget it either because I was convulsing. I was shaking and I was like, oh, it's probably just because I'm cold, you know, my body or like has some trauma or and, and I can't even describe that type of energy or what was happening to me, but I do remember that I was just so sick. I had actually just left um, a medical appointment before meeting with you. And I don't think I told you this and I didn't really tell you I had an eating disorder. I think you were just like, I remember you saying your stomach is empty. Do you eat? And I was like, Oh, oh. yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I was like, Oh no, not really. I, uh, I actually haven't even you know like I I went more into that depth and the seriousness of it but um I had just left an appointment where my doctor was like you have a like a, a murmur in your heart or like I was gonna go fly to see my sister who just had a baby in Texas and um they said you can't fly you're gonna have a heart attack in the air and anyway oh. so um but I was just like okay I need healing I need to release it so I met with you and um and yeah, I think your directness, honestly, and, and what you saw, I think it also scared me. And I do remember like my life force energy, it was so low. I was so weak. And like, even my friends, I, I was just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I did this. And I, I can't, I don't have much left. And then I think it was like two days later, I went to the hospital, like they got me in right away. And so um, but yeah, I was, I was at, at the point where I wasn't so sure if, uh, if I would be there the next day. And I think that scared me because I was having all these spiritual awakenings and connections and signs. And I was like, I'm not supposed to go. And so, That's right. uh, yeah, I, I needed help. So I was like, please, please, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and that's yeah. why even that day, I think that session was divinely timed because I just remember you know, looking at you energetically and, oh my goodness, I, I just saw that it was life or death. And I thought, oh my goodness, thank you God for bringing her today because I actually feel like she's going to hear me. And you, you did. And yeah. you went into treatment for quite a few months. Um, yeah. 
And you and I obviously stayed in contact because I couldn't stop thinking about you. And from there, it was a journey between us. It was a connection that I think because I really understood you and I also struggled not necessarily with an eating disorder, but with eating issues um, in my past. And I know the extremes that we can go to, to hide trauma and deal with things in not necessarily normal ways, but bizarre ways. And, yeah, and so I really did understand you on a deep, deep level. And I did want to stay in contact with you. I would check in and say, how are you? And, and we would have, you know, conversations about spirituality and life and you healing and getting better. And I was really so proud of you for listening, not to me, but to your guides, because they intervened that day and you did something about it. And you're still here with us because <laughs> you've got big yeah. work to do. They weren't going to let you go. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm forever grateful. This whole process truly is divine. I can't deny that. <laughs> yes. And then when you came out of treatment, I believe that's when I had posted that I was doing a Reiki class and you reached out and said, I have, I have to come, I have to do this. Is that how it went actually? Yeah. Well, no, I think it was actually the uh, seeing that you were starting like, or that you had been doing um, like the mediumship classes. And so I think it started with that because then that's how I, Oh yes. Sorry. Yes. yes you're right. Yeah. Cause that's how then I felt called to come at the time I did. So I started the mediumship classes, I think in February. So I had been in treatment for yeah most of the year. And then I came out and was still going there during the daytime until May when I came to do your Reiki class. Um, and so, yeah, it was like, okay, this is the time, like the timing of my life. I've put in the healing. Now it's time to, you know, give so, it back. Yep. And go yeah. one step further. And, and I want to tell everybody that you're in Utah and I'm in Alberta. So yes. um, we're in two different countries and, and, you know, I had only seen you really maybe three times on FaceTime. Yes, we've talked, you know, yeah. by messenger and things like that. And, but really face to face on FaceTime and Zoom. Yeah, class, it, wasn't, but... it wasn't much at all. I mean, I know no, that it I wasn't to stay connected with you for, you know, forever. But I was like, we had that Reiki session over the phone. And then I probably did two or three mediumship classes before coming out. So. Yeah, you, you took a chance and, and that was such a, a magical class. Oh, yeah. I know that even, you know, I've said it before so many times to other people and I've posted it on social media, that class was extra special to me. You had flown in from Utah, another student flew in from New York, one from BC, one from Ontario. I think it was two, one or two from Saskatchewan yes. and then a couple from Calgary. I cried, you know, for... I cried a lot about that, actually, because for me, it was, yeah. I think what hit me was I had, I had realized that I went into Reiki, not to really teach it, first of all, at all, mm -hmm. and not even really necessarily to do it on the other people. I went into it because I was so broken and I just yeah. needed to heal. Yeah. And what hit me with that class was people were coming from other countries for me to be their teacher. And I still can't wrap my head around that. I find it surreal yeah. and overwhelming. And 
I'm so grateful that I stuck with my purpose because I almost gave up so many times as well. Oh, I'm so grateful you did too. And I can't wait till you do wrap your head around it because it, I mean, I'm going to get emotional about it because that really was a magical class. And again, divine timing right there too. So it is. And that was the class that because you were all so powerful and wonderful and just special. It was just so special. And I really let go and trusted you all to um, work on me when I needed it. And from there, we've all kept that magical bond. It's something that I don't, I've taught classes now for seven years and every class is, you know, obviously very special, but this one, I needed you all as much as you needed me. And that was something that I knew was a gift. And I am, I'll be forever grateful for that. And even, you know, when you left, we were both like, you don't want you to leave. And you're like, I don't want to go home. I'm like, come back. (laughs) I know I belong in Canada. Yeah. (laughs) I remember you saying that you're like, I love all these Canadians. Everybody's so friendly. (laughs) Like, yeah, I'll find my way back. (laughs) Oh, you're coming back. I know you are like, that's, I, I remember just saying, no, I'll see you later. Like we're, we weren't done yet. We have work to do. Even after you left class, I know you went through the ups and downs and that's what, you know, I had Ronnie, the other student that was in the class on the podcast after as well. And I said, you know, both of us talked about this. We said, when we come and we do Reiki, I think everybody expects our lives to be all of a sudden magical and healed and everything's (laughs) wonderful. And it's not all rainbows and butterflies. It's putting in the hard work to look at the things that we don't want to see and that we've kept hidden. And it ignited healing within me. And I know Mm -hmm. it did for you. So you and I both went through a little bit of a roller coaster um, (laughs) after that. And I know you shut down. I know, you know, a couple of the other students shut down and, and we go into our own little, I don't know what I can even say. Like kind of like a cocoon, like you just said it's uh, I don't know, integrate some of the hard stuff so that you can go out stronger and, and be there and, and take away the shame from that actually being the reality. Cause I think I felt like, what the heck I I'm called to do this. And now I, I shut off, you know, you did, you shut off quite a bit. Like I remember going, where did you go? Are you good? And then obviously yeah. we talked again and you're like, I just needed to go through this. And I said, I get it. I also, yeah. I shut people out when I'm going through my stuff and I'm very candid about it on the podcast. I talk about it because I think most people think healers have it all together and we're the ones who are so far from that. Like we have so much stuff going on that and everybody else's stuff. So we're trying to sort through not only our emotions, but the emotions of others. And that's where it gets really tricky and we can fall. And when we fall, we may fall harder than a lot of people because it's just difficult. It really can be difficult. We have um, a lot on our plates and our own stuff. It's easier to shut people out than let them in because, and for me, I know when I heal, I've got to do it alone. I sometimes will reach out and say, Hey, I could use some help, but most of the times I just have to go within and and really sit with what is hurting me. And you and I have such similarities within our lives that I think it's, I think it's one of the reasons why we were put together because when you shut down and you come back to me, I'm like, there's no judgment. I get it. I sit back and I go, I'm here for when you need me and vice versa. 
right? Yeah. Which is pretty special. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. How are you doing with eating now? (laughs) Um, I mean, honestly, a lot better. I never would have seen myself um, in this place of healing, like the the processes I've gone through in the last year and, and the types of treatment and, you know, really actually facing the root of like trauma and abuse and stuff has really helped me to have compassion for myself and self-care. And, and so I don't see food so much as a punishment or my body is yucky or needing to be empty. I mean, I am having a, a little bit of a, a rough patch right now just because there's a lot of transition and change in, in my life with some things. But um, I ultimately, I know that each part is of the journey is I'm only getting stronger and I am more capable. And I, I honestly would have never seen myself as like being able to fully recover. Like I'm not there yet, but like I know that it's possible, whereas before, or I might have said, you know, it might just be something I kind of live with forever, kind of chronic or terminal. Or, and um, I'm grateful that that's not the case. So um, it's been cool. There's been a lot of shifts and hope. And you're, I know we're all a work in progress, all of us, especially the healers who go to the really dark places. And then we just got to find our way back to the light. Yeah. But one of the things I wanted to shed light on was what it is like to go through that spiritual awakening, number one, but also going through something so serious as an eating disorder along with that journey, because it's almost like a double whammy. It's like really, really (laughs) difficult. And I think there's so many people that struggle behind closed doors. And I did want to shed some light on what it is like to go through it and all the things that you're doing to find that light, if that's okay. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully I can uh, get all that in or or answer the question clearly. Um, But yeah, I think honestly, there's so many of us that do struggle behind closed doors and not just eating disorders, but addictions, obsessions, like any ways to cope or numb out, like it's totally normal. We live in this crazy world. And um, especially for those that are more spiritually like in tune and, and connected to their intuition and those gifts is that that's not a normal like acceptable thing per se in society that it's like what you followed your heart to make this decision or you felt a voice like you know and so um honestly that's something I've been talking with more often with my therapist lately and that was hard for me too because I feel like I still had such a stigma or judgment uh, that I placed on myself of even sharing like these spiritual gifts and like psychic abilities in therapy. Cause I was like, Oh no, she's going to diagnose me with some <laughs> disorder. Like I promise oh, I'm gosh. not hearing voices, but, um, <laughs> but it was really important for me to be able to share that side and that part of myself. Cause it is such a huge aspect of who I am that I was like, if I'm going to, you know, share my life with someone and, and process these deeper things, I need, I need her to know this, like these struggles, because um, I made a big connection um, recently that uh, also a part of my struggles with the eating disorder and needing to like starve my body and run and 
and be made small wasn't just trauma and body image, but it was also these really strong, powerful spiritual gifts I've had since I was at, since the beginning of I can remember like three, five years old. Yes. Is that is that I felt like I needed to like shrink myself and my abilities. And so as these things have been breaking open and getting stronger, it was, yeah, it was like a double whammy of it also made the eating disorder worse in a way, because I was like, what do I do with all this information? And I can see everyone's like thoughts, or I know what people need, or like this world is filled with so much good and evil. And and I was seeing it all and getting it all like downloaded. And, and so I just, then I started running obsessively and I couldn't eat because I just wanted to shrink. And so that was um, a challenge to like confront that spiritual and psychic side of myself and be able to be begin the process of accepting it as a gift and part of who I am, which has then simultaneously helped me in my healing and recovery of, of that stuff. In no way does this compare to an eating disorder, but I do understand the running and running, not literally, but running from this ability because I ran from it and I turned to addiction. And so the eating disorder in a sense is like an addiction. It's that feeling of escaping reality. And you happen to have this part happen to you and the addiction happened to me with drugs and alcohol and numbing it because we do want to shrink that we want to shrink who we are and kind of hide from it. And I know that very, very well. We don't want yes. to be seen and we don't want to see ourselves really, you know, cause that would force us to deal with our stuff that we're <laughs> yeah. not willing to look at. And that's where I think even the, the spiritual journey part mm-hmm. needs to be discussed because like Ronnie and I had talked about in the episode, the young guru is mm-hmm. baby G. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> We both said the same thing, like, you know, you read about spiritual awakenings and you read about how this positivity and all this stuff really helps. And, but it's not really discussed with the dark night of the soul. I don't know if oh, you've yeah. that term. I know you have. Oh, term, I, I right? feel like yeah. I've gone through like, I've gone through about a hundred. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. the dark night of the soul is, you know, where you're forced to look at the deepest depths of your soul of the things that are traumatic and hurting you and that you don't want to see and don't like and it's not pretty at all I have been oh my gosh at this times and I know you can understand this as well the times that you go into that part of your life and you struggle and you're crying and you're just feeling so broken and yeah. you feel like there's no end in sight, then all of a sudden it's like a little doorway opens up and you see a yes. bit of light and you walk yeah. through and you go, okay, I got this. And then the door slams shut <laughs> and yeah. you're like, it's dark again. How can I do this again? And, and that's kind of even with when you came for your Reiki course, I went mm-hmm. through, what was it? Eight years of healing. Yeah. And I thought, no, I'm good. I've, you know, dealt with so much of it. And then you guys come and then there's always a trigger, right? There's some sort of trigger that will be like, oh God, I hate who I am. And you fall and you go back into that dark place and it's a dark room and you can't see any light. And I don't think people really discuss how, 
how awful that can be because I think most people think, oh, a spiritual awakening, I'm going to be enlightened. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> you will, you will yes. experience enlightening and, and really feelings of utopia in a sense, right? Like, yes, the world is wonderful. I feel great. But that's um, not exactly how a spiritual awakening is. It's, it's scary. It's awful. It's, yeah. it's all the things that we bury, right. That just come to the surface and that we're forced to deal with. And all the things that I avoided with addiction yeah, and yeah. you withholding food, I was indulging in alcohol and drugs and whatever way we choose to numb it, we choose to numb it and because we don't want to feel and it sucks. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's true. And just with like the spiritual awakening part, I think there has to be that duality, uh, you know, the shadow and the light, like you, you have to confront, I guess, your demons or, or the stuff that's there in order to like, fully release and let go. And I know some of that might sound like silly or whatever, but I, we both know that that's the reality of it how is it the goes. Reality. Yeah, it is. that's, that's just the nature of, of things. Yeah. And I think even for us as healers, like we have to, we have to look at our stuff and deal with it because then we're no good to anyone else. You know, a true healer is willing to look at their stuff, deal with it head on, not yeah. avoiding it. And then being able to say, yes, this sucks and empathize with others and then teach them how to come out of that dark room. Cause we've been there too many times and we know that spirit, our spirit guides and our angels won't leave us. They will actually sit with us in that dark room and then they'll open that door. And all it takes is just seeing a little glimpse of that light. And all we got to do is be willing to go through that door and come out on the other side. And it's not easy, but I think if we're willing to just see a tiny glimpse, it's yes. doable. Right? Yes, I agree. Yes. So true. And even you going through that day when I was looking at you and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is why she was sent here today. I feel like your guides, or I felt like your guides were really just there to open that door for you and say, here it is. Look, you can just see, if you just see it, grab it, open the door and run through it. And yeah. it was not an easy thing for you to do. I know that. But I also believe in divine intervention and that was divine intervention that day because you did go into treatment and yes, were you there a long time? Absolutely. Yeah. But you were willing to be there to help right. yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I think I, I, I think I was looking for divine intervention, quite frankly, I, I had no other choice and I was at the point where I was going to do whatever it took because years previously for the past 12 years of I had gone to treatment a few times. I, you know, would just do it to go through the motions, be compliant and get better so I could leave and go right back to it. But this time I just had this really strong sense that if I didn't do this completely and take it seriously, that this was going to take me. It was almost at the point of like, I had cracked open so much of the trauma and so much of these spiritual gifts that I don't think I could have carried it. And I needed to be in a safe place and save people to help me break through to the other side because it really wasn't a spiritual almost a spiritual like battle and warfare for me was that there was 
so much opposition on the other side that was ready to like take me down because I was so close to stepping into my call. And I could, I just sensed it so much that I was like, I need all the protection I can get. And this is taking my life. And so I, I, I took it seriously. Like it, it really was, I, I could have left and I did leave at one point because I demanded to go because I was like, I need to get back to work and school starts and I'm a teacher. And I lasted a few days and went right back to not eating and running. And and they were like, this can't happen. And I could have just said, I don't care. I'm done. But I was like, no, I need help because this is strong. And it came back a hundred percent, you know? And so I, it was quite the battle, lots of up and ups and downs, dark nights of the soul, but ultimately I'm here because there's something much bigger than all of this. So there really is. I remember saying to you in our reading, I was like, look, Sarah, you have so much to do in this world and it's not your time to go. You have to fight back. I know it's not easy, but you have big work to do. And the bigger the purpose, the more the struggle, right? And that's something that I know it's hard for us to see when we're in that dark place like how do we see that we have a purpose to help others because we feel like failures who are we when we're failing to help someone else and guide them to their happiness how can we do that and that's something that i know i've struggled with in the time that i've been working as a healer i think how can i help others when i'm falling apart who am i there's so many times where i felt like a failure Like I felt like a fake, a failure. How can I tell someone else, here's the guidance, go do this and you're going to have a happy life. And I couldn't get my own shit together, Yeah, you know, but that's all part of the process too, right? It's the mirror, what we need to heal within ourselves. And I'm more than willing to do the work. I know that because I continuously do it, but it, it's not easy and it sucks sometimes. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say that it sucks sometimes. I mean, it really <laughs> does. Like, don't be sorry. Cause that's the reality. And I think everyone can relate to that. Like we're all facing that. I think. Yeah. And especially with what, you know, you've been going through and I know that it's a continuous battle and we don't just wake up and go, yeah, we're all healed and everything's wonderful. And that's kind of why I am so open in this podcast where I am so open on social media I know sometimes after I post things, I'm like, ah, why did I say that? Or I was too open about it, but I think I have to be. And as difficult as that is to be so raw and open, I know that it's my purpose to be. And I think even if I don't have all of those answers, I'm still trying to find my way, but I've always gone back to that one saying, to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. And every time that I work with anyone, any client, any friend, any student, I get a tiny fragment of my soul back. And that's what keeps me going. Oh, I love that. I I just resonate so much. And I want to, I guess, piggyback that and say, yeah, there's no one and done as far as healing goes, that we're all continuously healing and that, you know, when we think that we can't be any good for others when we're in the thick of it is we're completely wrong because the reality is we're always going to be going through stuff and that when we are there for each other, yeah, you do get a piece of your soul back. And I, I just feel that so much because especially with, I don't know, teaching children as a teacher and then also going in, in grad school right now to be a therapist is like, I'm always going to have my own struggles 
in that regard, but like that doesn't discount my ability to use my gifts for others. That's why we're all here, you know, so. I love that too. I actually haven't met anybody who's got their stuff together. I haven't, not in all Let the years that I've been doing do. this. <laughs> yeah, because that would be lovely. I'd like to go, oh my God, it exists. <laughs> yeah. That would be a miracle really. But that's why we're here on this earth is we're supposed to go through these experiences and find our way back to love and light, really. As yeah. cheesy as that can sound, because I know some people are like, ooh, love and light, you know, but it but that's really what it is. That. It is yeah. that. It's yeah. finding our way back to pure love because on the other side, that's all that exists is pure love. It's There's no judgment. There's no fear. There's no ego. There's no physical body to beat ourselves up over because I think one of the things, and I know this for myself, I have struggled with body image and self-esteem and I, you know, I've beat myself up looking at this physical shell yeah. and being angry at it. And yeah. I have to remember that I chose to come into this physical body and be who I am. And I need to find that pure happiness within myself. And I'm still a work in progress. Like I said, I'm way better than I've ever been because yeah. I am almost 47 here, but I've worked really hard at that. But I still have moments just like everybody else because that's part of the human existence. Yes. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to touch on? I don't know. I guess we'll just kind of going back to like the Reiki part of it and coming to learn from you is just, even though I came back home after that and it was so powerful and, and um, like confidence building as far as my gifts and abilities that I naturally had was that I did kind of go in this dark place of am I worthy or qualified or I don't know that even though I kind of haven't really been practicing per se, like actively that I know that all of these gifts and abilities like have a purpose. And I, I'm just excited for the future of knowing that I have access to this and that it's because of, because of you allowing me that by being the teacher that you are. And I don't know, like I really, I think it was one of your podcasts where you said, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And I remember mm -hmm. hearing that and knowing that that was you for me and that um, I had a lot to learn. And it just, it feels so, I don't know. I just, my heart is full. I feel really grateful that, that the teacher appeared and it was you. And so it, that'll always, yeah, that'll always be really important to me and my journey. So. Well, thank you for trusting me because I, again, never thought in a million years that I would ever be a Reiki master teacher or I would be able to have people come across to another country to take my class. That to me leaves me almost speechless. I just, I still can't wrap my head around that. And I know that it's true when the student is ready, the master appears always. That's how it happens. But right. it's still hard to process really, because I think like there's that ego, who am I, you know, right. I am just someone who's just trying to swim as well in this big sea, but someone up there decided that they felt that I could, I guess, show people the way just as my master did for me. That's something that I'll never forget as well. We're coming up on the year of his passing. Yes. Um, yeah. And that makes me very emotional um, because mm -hmm. he changed my life and yeah. to 
to know that the kind of impact that he had on me and potentially I could have that impact on others is something that is really, yeah, hard to wrap my head around. So, <laughs> uh, and it's beautiful. And I, from an outside, it's, it's beautiful to see. And, and I get giddy about it. Like I'm just beaming over here being like, Oh, <laughs> if I could just show you what you probably saw in him, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's hard to, it's hard to understand that, you know, because it was, it was life-changing for me. I don't, I wouldn't be who I am today or where I'm at on this journey, this spiritual journey, had it not been for him. And as you will be for people in your future, it's just hard to, it is hard to put any words into how we feel about that, you know? Yeah. It's incredible that we don't realize how much of an impact we may make. And even with this podcast, I know that, um, Recently, I've had some people reach out and when I came back and I had taken that month off and I had posted Mm -hmm. the episode of I'm back, here I go again. And people wrote back and said, oh my God, thank God you're back. I wasn't ready to let you, I wasn't ready to let you go yet. I just, I I needed this. And I thought you needed my, you know, podcast, really? That's huge (laughs) to me. I thought I didn't realize the impact that it was making out there and I was ready to maybe let it go. I was thinking, am I done? And, no, not um, yet. People need you. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are and look at what we're doing. And I thought, wow, clearly they aren't done with the messages that they would like for me to channel and deliver. And I think that's special. So yeah, I don't know when it'll end, but I'm just going <laughs> to continue on and just hopefully be that channel of light for, for people all over the world here, which is incredible. When I look at the countries that people are listening right. to it in, I think- and that's when I had that who me, you know, in the mm-hmm. beginning. And and I don't think whether it's me or you or, or someone else, we don't realize the impact that we can make on another human being. And I think it's important for us to just always try to continuously help other people because we yes. don't know what someone needs. And I always say that, right? We don't know someone's struggles and you don't know what goes on behind closed doors and you're smile and how beautiful you are. And, uh, you know, if people didn't know you, they wouldn't know that you were really struggling with a disorder and, and your traumas, they wouldn't know that because your smile so bright, just as people <laughs> will say to me, I didn't know you had such a hard life. I'm like, um, yeah, <laughs> <Sure> have. <laughs> and, you know, we don't know what people are struggling with. So if we're kind to one another, we're yeah. a listening ear, we're able to be that light in someone's darkness. Yes, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So I want to leave you all with this today. Sometimes our lives need to be completely shaken up in order for us to find our correct path on this journey of ours. Life is never easy. And we may want to give up sometimes, but we must dig deep and find the strength to keep going one step at a time. If you are struggling with an eating disorder or addiction, or anything that is troublesome, please, please reach out for help. That's all it takes. I want to thank you all so much for joining us today on the Divine Messages podcast. I know this wasn't easy for you, Sarah, but I'm so, so grateful that you were willing to come on here and share your story with all of us. I really know it's going to help a lot of people. Thank you. If you would like to book a reading with me, I can be reached at www.divinemessages.ca or on Instagram at 
Divine Messages 333 or at the Divine Messages podcast. Please bear in mind that the perspectives and opinions represented in this podcast are based solely on the Divine Messages interpretations. We can in no way be held responsible for the actions of our followers.